Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end-time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the Matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello, welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong. I'd like to welcome you all tonight um, for this show, for this podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful evening. Uh, I want to talk to y'all today about um, how we approach God and how we come to the Lord. Uh, and um, and I want to talk to y'all today about the closeness of getting to God, the closeness of getting to God. Um, and what I mean by the closeness of getting to God is when we have addictions or when 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 things are controlling us and we give our life to God and we say hey I want to be a Christian I want to be I want to I want to have Jesus as my personal savior I I I believe that and this is just my belief Oh, I had something in my mouth. Sorry, uh, I, I, I say I had something in my mouth for the people that's watching me on the live stream. But anyway, so y'all know if I'm digging in my mouth or something, I had a piece of hair in my mouth. Ugh. But anyway, so let us pray right quick and let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today that we would have an understanding of your word and that. Your word will come to us and open up our eyes and see the truth. That we should know the way and we should know the life. That you, God, has provided for us the strength to come away from sin, to not practice sin, to be broken from the bondages that easily beset people, that we cannot run this race. God, we know that we can't run race with with weights. We know that weights stop us and hamper us. But we pray in the day, God, that you would give us the strength through your word and through your power, through the spirit, to 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 walk away from the sins and have your will be done in our life instead of our own will. We pray that you give us strength and you give us wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom to walk away from sin and I just pray for those who are out there who have addictions like pornography and alcohol and drugs and 
and and smoking and things like that, or those who cannot bridle their tongue, or those who gossip. I pray that they will have your perfect will and that they would delight in the Lord and, and choose your way. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I kind of picture looking at a dartboard. And in the center of the dartboard is the target. Of course, that's what you want to hit the bullseye. And on the outer rings, you get less points. Now, salvation is not about points. That's not my. Well, I'm, but I'm trying to. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to set up an illustration here. When you're closer to the, when you hit the bullseye, you're there. The Bible says, uh, and I read that. I, I always scramble everything together when, during the day when I'm reading different scripture. But the Bible talks about strive to enter in, and I got to remember what that was. <laughs> strive to enter in through the gate. So strive to enter in through the narrow gate. So to get to heaven is a focus. It is an intention to detail. You're not saved by works. Works only amplify that you actually saved. In other words, if I'm married to my wife, and I have kids, and I want to show my wife that I love her. I I don't leave and cheat on her. I don't I don't smack her upside her head every day. I I don't beat my kids. I love my kids. I stay around my kids. Of course, I have five kids, so I should know. Um, when you focus into the kingdom of God, you're 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 coming into the kingdom of God according to truth. There's no other way around it through Jesus Christ, of course. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, when you look at somebody who is playing darts, um, and they begin to shoot the dart, their objective is to hit the bullseye. See, that happens in a split second. But our objective is to hit the bullseye as a lifestyle. So if we were able to scratch it out and to scratch out the bullseye and to scratch out the aiming of the bullseye and to scratch out the shooting of the arrow, it will be scratched out. The Bible says, Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. It is a process. It is a daily thing. It is a daily relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it says in the book of Jude, it says, stay in the love of God. So when you look at this bullseye, your focus is to stay in the bullseye. But by faith, you're staying in the bullseye. And by faith, you're staying in the love of God. It says in James chapter, don't give me the line. Um, I, I'll tell you in a minute. Chapter, I, I have to remember what that is. Oh, man, I scramble all of these. Uh, I got a bad man. I'm getting older. Anyway, um, in the James, it says, resist the devil, submit yourself to God, and he'll flee. The devil will flee. So 
as you submit yourself to God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We are to live, ladies and gentlemen, in the bullseye. If I had a picture, next show I'll have a picture of the bullseye. We are to live aiming towards Jesus. We are to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're not to take our eyes off of the living God. We're not to take our eyes off of Jesus. It's when people take their eyes off of Christ, that is when we get in trouble. It's it's like this. Um, <clears throat> Jesus' disciples came unto him, and Jesus was... Um, he had kids around him, right? And um, the disciples say, send the kids away. Send those kids away. Send them away. They're in the, they're in the, we got stuff to do. And Jesus said in um, Mark 10, 14, excuse me, he says, but when Jesus saw that the disciples were trying to get them, the kids to leave, he said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid, forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. And it says in verse 15, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter the, into the kingdom of God. So the key here, folks, is that we will not enter the kingdom of God unless we are humble. Remember, the verse says in James, it says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Grace is what? We are saved through faith, through grace, uh, not of ourselves, it is the kingdom of God. Uh, we're, so we're saved by faith, we were saved by grace through faith. Excuse me. Man, it's late. Okay, let me read it to y'all. I, y'all, I mean, I, I sometimes when I get tired, I don't realize that I'm actually this that, uh, that tired because I got up kind of early this morning too. Um, and when that happens, look out. But anyway, uh, and anyway, I wanted to come to Ephesians anyway. I wanted to come to Ephesians anyway. It says in, in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So we're saved uh, by grace through faith. So as we uh, approach God, we are to walk with God daily. And, and in order for us to not live a lifestyle of sin, our will must be changed to his will. Let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we must pray that. That is part of the Lord's Prayer. We need to ask that our will, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives. Not in somebody else's life. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's what he wants our will to turn. So when you repent, you're uh, you're coming to the Lord. And when you give your life to the Lord, you say, okay, God, I'm yours. Uh, I'm no longer. I, I can't do it on my own. I can't stop sinning on my own. I don't. Matter of fact, I don't want to stop sinning because my my inward parts want to sin so bad that I want to slap myself twice. So <laughs> when 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 we walk close like Israel did, and when we're obedient to God and His Word. And when we strive to enter in, we hit the target. And when we practice what God says in his word, then he gives us the strength not to sin. But I'm going to break it down even even easier. We have to read God's word for us to be given knowledge. And to be set free. Now, chapter 1 of Ephesians is a prayer that Paul asked for God for everyone to have. And in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about a prayer that Paul said to God for everyone. And it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of of you in my prayers. And here's the prayer. That the God of our, excuse me, let me start back over. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of Him, so we our our destiny is to know God. And here here's a key: it says, "The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling." Now, what is the hope of His calling? There's a lot of hopes of His calling. For one, is that we live a pure life. Be holy, for I am holy. Um, and we're going to get to that in a minute. It says, in what the in the second part is, in what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. Now, the power of God is important. It says in um, Thessalonians, when it gives, uh, not actually Timothy, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, it says, it gives a long list of things that people would be like in the last days. And he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What power? Power to set you free from sinning. And it says, and to, it says, uh, let me back up, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? God has power, the same power, the resurrection power that would cause Jesus to come out of the dead. Now, do you know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all responsible for raising Jesus from the dead? 
Jesus raised himself from the dead. The Father raised him from the dead, and the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. I'm going to do a study on that one day. Um, also, the Old Testament miracles, it's the same power that separates you from sin. Now, I wish I can just go into everything because I don't want to put too much on people's plate. But the word of God says that we have to be almost willing to cut out our eyeball or chop off our hand. Now, does God really want us to cut off our eyeball or chop off our hand? No, he doesn't because he said to us to love our wife as Christ loves the church. And then Peter, I think it was Peter, he says, uh, what type of person who would uh, mess with his own body and, and hate his own body, hate his own self? And, and they're making a relevance to how you should treat your wife versus do you love yourself. When the, the, Bible, the Bible assumes that you love yourself. Now, it's not preaching selfishness. It, it's actually alluding to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, if you, if you don't, if God, the Bible is not assuming that you love yourself. It wouldn't have never said love your neighbor as you love yourself. God created us to love ourselves. He didn't create a human being to poke his eyeballs out or cut his hand off. But he created us to um, be in the image of God and to uh, fellowship with God. Now, do y'all know that God has put a open hole in our soul, in our soul, who in this vacuum needs God. That's why people are so materialistic. That's why covetousness come up. That's why people always got to worship something. You can pick nine out of ten people and they always got to worship somebody or something or some or some place or some activity or some video game or computer or, or whatever. Well, they have to worship those things. So it's a, it's a, it's a void there that God has to replace. Or God, I'm sorry. God has to, it, God has to fill that void. And um, Jesus says, "My yoke is easy, and my burden is light." God said that there should be water, water, um, waters of living life flowing out of you. That means God has to bring you that perfect peace. God, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So the closer we get to God, the closer I get to you, the closer you get to God, the more you ain't going to sink. The closer you get to God is the more you're not going to go and practice sin. Now, could you practice sin and go to heaven? No. He says in the, uh, Romans chapter 6, shall we sin that 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 grace may abound. He says, whoever you answer to, that's who you're slave to. We, in all the almost all the epistles, at least a, a whole bunch of the epistles, say that we are either slaves or bond servants, or he, Paul is addressing himself as slave or bond servant, but whatever Paul is addressing himself as, that's what we should be, as slaves of Christ. Now, as a slave, now, God actually says that God's free man is is in bondage, and God's um, person in bondage is free. 
the Bible illustrates who should be afraid of the one who can steal the soul or kill off the soul. Rather be uh, afraid of the one. Oh, sorry, I got that mixed up. Butchered that. Be be scared of the person who can take both soul and your life. And so we need to understand that God wants us to understand that we need to be inside of that bullseye. We need to aim in. We need to look at Jesus. Because when Peter asked Jesus to bid me to come out and walk on the water, he was okay until he took his eyes off Jesus. And Jude, like I said earlier, Jude said in the last part of the book, let's go to Jude. Let's look at let's look at the book of Jude. <clears throat> and it's the last book before uh Revelations. Now I'm a first I'm gonna read um first I'm gonna read um Verse 24, and Jude is only one chapter. It says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to prevent you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So God is the one uh, that will keep you from falling as long as you're looking at Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When people say, well, I have a problem with pornography, it's probably a vision problem. They're probably looking at the wrong thing. They're either looking at their own power. They either, they are, they're either looking at their circumstances, and they're either looking at somebody else to help them constantly. Look at Jesus, but don't just look at him. Keep your eyes on him. A daily lifestyle of knowing that God cares for you, but God is going to give you the strength, and he's going to give you the power, and he's going to give you the tools to stop sinning. Stay in the word of God. Memorize it, read it, enjoy it. Ask God, if you don't enjoy the Bible, ask God to have you enjoy the Bible. There is a war in the spiritual realm to keep you away from the Bible. How many of y'all know that? There is a war to keep you from reading the Bible. Uh, and and that war is being won all over the place by none other than the devil. The devil is winning the war. I'm not taking any calls. I'm sorry for that. Not taking any calls tonight. Um, but the devil is winning the war um, for the. I mean, I can go all over the place, folks. I mean. Right now, I can go in a thousand different directions and confuse the heck out of everybody because I'm so excited. And I noticed that about myself is when I have these shows, uh, I get so excited uh, <laughs> that I can't control myself sometimes. So I'm kind of just just chilling out a little bit more. Um, but um, we are in a war. And the closer you stay to... Um, your allies, or the closer you stay to your platoon, or the closer you stay to communications even. When the communications is messed up in the Army or any other um, military endeavor, uh, you lose uh, 
you lose the plan. When we're not in the spirit, we definitely lose the plan. That's the that's the objection. That's the object. Um, now let me read Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter three. If ye be if you if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid. Key. Hid. With Christ and God. Now, if you are hid with Christ, could you... Could you now, picture the bullseye, and you're in, you just hit the bullseye. If you're no longer hid with Christ, could you still be saved? What does he mean by we're hid with Christ? Why did he say set your affections on things above? Now, does setting your affections on things above, does that aim? Pick up your cross daily. Does, does that aim at the bullseye? Are you aiming at the bullseye? I believe so. You're aiming at the bullseye. You're living inside of that bullseye. You are seeking the things that are above. You are praying to the Lord, you're walking with the Lord, you're 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 taking orders from the Lord, you're staying in the love of God, you're staying in that place of protection. Now, it's not just, you know, God is going to keep a rock from falling on your head. It's more than just keeping a rock from falling on your head. If you read Psalms 91, it talks about, you know, missiles coming by night and day and all this other stuff. It's not just that. We are trying to live a life for Christ daily. We're trying to, not trying, I hate that word. We're living for Christ daily through the power of God. It says in Romans chapter 8, if we do not have the spirit of God, we're none of his. Now, I, I understand I'm confusing some people because I'm going so fast, but I'm going to slow it down in coming programs because this is very important. And if I can get a taped program every Friday, I'm going to do a taped program every Friday to play it on um, both live stream and um, blog talk radio. But I am blessed to be on blog talk radio. Blog talk radio folks is a blessing regardless of how many problems it used to have. I don't I don't have too many problems with Blog Talk Radio anymore. It's mostly my fault nowadays when I either you know, I got a bad memory. I'm 43 years old. I got a really super bad memory where I just forget, you know, even that I haven't even have a show or nothing. But what I'm going to start doing is taping shows and then once a week we're going to play other people's shows. Um and so that's going to be fun just to just to have some preachers come on. Um, from you know everywhere off the internet or every, everywhere off the world and 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 um, we play that, but God has blessed us richly uh, to be able to have a free nation where we can preach the gospel. Um, it's my fault about my website. Uh, I I really believe that uh, our website could have been reaching a lot of people, but I kind of. Um, uh, I had to get a new website, so that's www. Let me see. I don't even know my own website name. Um, go to www. Um, 
prophecyzoneradio.blogspot.com. So that's my blog. Um, and also www.prophecyzoneradio.com. That's my website. So, you know, we, we got we're gonna we gotta update more often, you know. But uh that's what that's my shortcoming right there because it ha- you know, had had I kept going with the website, you know, we'd have been doing excellent, but we we kind of just did some other things and and now I'm going to be on YouTube. Um matter of fact, this video right here is going to be on YouTube. Uh so I'm gonna try to right now. I'm gonna try to walk and chew gum at the same time by going to um, see how this uh, show is looking on live stream. Uh, and I, I'm probably gonna have to sign in and stuff like that. So if I if it's sort of like I'm uh, double talking or something, it's probably because I'm I'm trying to look up my program, which I should have looked it up before I even started. But um. We have to um we have to focus in on God. When we when 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 people and and circumstances and well the circumstances for instance trials. When trials come God uses trials to grow you. And he hope and God is hoping to move you from the second ring of that bullseye to of, of the excuse me, of the target to the bullseye. So God is trying to move you out of the third ring or the fourth ring. He's trying to move you into the bullseye. Um, now, when you're outside of the ring, you're not saved. There's a lot of people going to church today outside of the ring completely, outside of the whole target. But God is trying to use trials to get us into the closer and closer to him. And um, that is the main objective, folks. I mean, there, there is no other objective than to get us to be closer to the Lord. And uh, when we, when God tells us to, to come out uh, into the water, uh, and He tells us to come, He says, "Bid, bid us, bid, bid." He tells everybody, you know. Uh, everybody asked to can we be saved and he tells us okay come get saved uh and we start to you know walk towards god we have to keep our eye on god a lot of times we do sink you know and sometimes trial and tribulation sink us because we 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 don't have our faith you know god has to be the one that's going to you know take that pain if you lost a child. Now, I ain't ever lost a child, and even to think about losing a child is hard. So, every time you look at your child, just be thankful that you have a child. Um, and I I am I am thankful that my, my children are healthy kids. You know, all of my kids are healthy, but I, I really respect and honor those who kids are are not health. I mean, who who are not uh, healthy? I really honor them. I really, I really just uh, give my 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 gratitude to them because I mean, I can't imagine me uh, having a kid or even losing a kid, let alone having a kid deformed or something like that. Uh, 
But uh, God has um, God has uh, done great things in my life. I'm trying to look. For, I'm trying to sign in, folks. That's why I'm saying. I mean, I hate I hate doing this, but I have to sign in and see how it looks. The channel. But I'm so I'm so crazy. I have to sign in and see how it looks. Um, so I'm going to try to shoot this over to Facebook. Oh, man, I hope they didn't take my page out. I'm going to be really upset. Oh, there it is. There it is. I get to see my ugly face. But I'm going to ship this over to YouTube. And let... Uh-oh. Y'all hear that? I always got to play a commercial. I hate that. And then the com- I can't shut the commercial up. Ah, oh, come on, man. Okay. Well, I can't shut the commercial up, so we're going to have to let it play. But right now, I'm going to shoot it over to Facebook Experience and see. Entertainment I apologize for this. I know y'all can hear that, but. I apologize for this. And now. And now I gotta cut it down. Close the window. And now I gotta cut it down. Okay, so I just shot it over to play. Um, I cut it off. I just wanted to see how it's gonna look. Uh, anyway, it's 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 fun doing live shows. Uh, they're not gonna come across so clear. Um, so hopefully that looks okay. But anyway. Um, getting back to the what I was talking about earlier, um, but the main objective is to continue in prayer, reading your word, um, seeking the Lord's face, seeking Him for answers, uh, being patient that He's going to give you that answer, uh, that He's going to um, He's He's not going to uh, not give you an answer. <laughs> he he's going to give you an answer. He's he's not going to not give you an answer. Uh, God will always answer you. Uh, and you have to be listening. Turn off all the noise. Because if you're trying to hit a bullseye and they got uh, somebody with a loudspeaker in front of you screaming like a mur- bloody bloody murder in your ear you are going to um, really get upset. <laughs> you're going to get really upset. Uh, and then you're going to miss the bullseye. So when you got a lot of noise, you need to turn on the noise. Um, find a quiet spot. Mine is outside sometimes. You know, until It seems like a lot of times the next door neighbors or the people behind me, I call them neighbors still, let their dog out uh, when I'm trying to pray. Or Right behind our house is a lot of windows, a lot of people, and they leave their windows and stuff open even at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody had their lights on. It's like, do this please, Do these people ever sleep? There's a neighbor right behind me who got like five kids, and they, all their lights still stay. I don't get it. It's like a puzzle to me. And it's not just this 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 family. It's always one family. Like if that family moves out, another family come in, and I can't pray for nothing. It's just like, man, this is my best place to pray. I don't like praying in the front yard. Uh, but anyway, uh, but it's 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 exciting to to know 
that Jesus is coming back soon. So right now I'm going to go ahead and talk about a little bit of Bible prophecy. Um, so I have to turn around and get some of my notes. And uh, it's exciting to be alive right now. Um, and for y'all who haven't been watching the news, y'all need to start watching it. And, and, and uh, 2012 is a beginning it's not an end. Jesus asked his disciples. Now, I'm not trying to pick a day and hour or nothing like that. It might even a year. Um, but Jesus' disciples came to him and said, what, what master will be the sign of thy coming in the end of the age? Huh. What is he talking about? The end of the age. Right now, I'm going to try to attempt to chew gum and walk at the same time, so please stand by, because right now, I am going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, because I just lost training track of what I was going to do. Told you I got a bad memory. <laughs> I was going to do something that was really important, but I forgot already what it is. I'm telling you, man, diet soda is not good for anybody to drink diet soda. I don't drink diet soda anymore, but I swear it has a lasting effect on my memory. Um, but, um, what's, what, what is going on in the Middle East is, and can be frightening to some people. It's not frightening to me. Oh, I know what I was going to do. I was going to extend the show for a little bit longer. So let me see if I can do that. I have 22 minutes left. Uh, I might be able to get done with everything that I need to get done with, but, um, just in case I'm going to extend the show for another 30 minutes on top of that. So I should be able to clear up everything I needed to say. Uh, uh-oh. But anyway, um article says that NATO is planning an attack on Syria uh, and then Iran. Now, uh, I hope you all understand that Syria is, and it seems to be, and the meeting place, you know how you watch a, a film back in the 50s or the 60s, and you got these dudes in leather jackets and, you know, motorcycle, big, you know, gangs, and they say, meet, meet us behind the, you know, cave, you know, and then they go there and they fight. Well, that seems to be the case now. The Syria is the meeting place, and Hillary Clinton seems to be, and the Obama administration at least seem to be, uh, suiting themselves as tough um, and uh, we uh, seem to watch CNN and it seems like CNN uh, is more towards um, the same scenario it did with um, Libya and Iraq and Afghanistan is to be warmongers um, and yeah, and our media is warmongers. Um, we media loves war, and so do the country. You say, well, the country is fighting, it's asking to get out of Iraq, and I'm like, yeah. After the fact, during the war, we love the war because we get to go home and eat popcorn and, and drink vodka and watch. And you notice that the alcohol sales go up and the fast food sales go up during the war. That's unfortunate. But uh, it says in his article that I have, my Richard Silverstein, 
It says um, in this article, it's dated July 13, 2012, says Israel invents Syrian weapons of mass destruction threat. So it's almost like a false flag. And they're saying that uh, Syria, I think they, Syria does have those weapons. And they are going to use it against Israel. I don't think Bashard is going to just sit there and get raped. Um, so I'm a, I'm expecting that, uh, yeah, Bashar will Bashar will use chemical weapons. I, I said that on a show a long time ago, and I've heard that before. So I, you know, I got that from somebody else. I don't know who the heck I got it from, but I know, and I don't know if it's one of the books that I have or what, or or one of the radio shows that I listen to. But they were like, "Yeah, Bashar's going to use chemical weapons." I said, "Oh, that sounds good. I'll adopt that theory." Is it a theory? Yeah. It's more than a theory. Assad has the biggest stockpile of chemical weapons in the Middle East, and he's going to use them. A man has never invented a weapon that he did not use yet. Of course, the United States only have, they only used the war, the bomb once. And once was enough, but they're going to probably end up using it again against Russia and China. Um, China stays out of the... Um, Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine war. China's not in that war. If y'all if y'all know that, right? China's called the kings of the east. Now you know India also stays out of the war. India is nowhere to be seen. Pakistan. I don't know if Pakistan is actually coming towards the kings of the east. I know Japan. Now Japan and China can't stand each other. So I'm thinking the kings of the east can be North Korea. Um, of course, China. India, some of the other um, republics. Uh, but anyway, in this article it says IDF, which is the military, uh, military Israel military, IDF commanders threaten intervention. Now I thought NATO was was preparing for war. Now I'm holding up on the on the, I got the one from uh, NATO right here, and I got the one from. Uh, the IDF, which is the Israel Defense Forces, right here. And both of them saying they're going to go after Syria. So which one's going to do it? Hmm. Got me puzzled. But I, I'm thinking that Israel will get into it with Syria. And Syria will hit Tel Aviv. But before Israel gets into it with Syria, I think Israel is going to go into a, a get the for, the get the neighbor neighbors, the neighbor neighbors, which I call the territorial neighbors, the ones who live with Israel, Hamas and and Hezbollah, or live next door, closest to them, who live inside the house and close to the house, uh, Hezbollah, Le Lebanon. Uh, Hamas, Fatah, all those organizations, Israel is probably going to get first. Uh, so let me go ahead and walk and chew gum and see if I can extend this show. Uh, but yeah, they're going to that's going to that's going to be the first um, individual that they they're going to have to take care of. And then after that, Syria is the proxy war for Iran. So they, in order to get to Iran, they want to neutralize Syria. So. Uh, yeah. So let me see if I can extend this show before it's okay. I still got 15 minutes. I'm just gonna take it to 12:30.
because I got a few things I want to talk about. And I, and I said I was going to have all 30 minute shows, and I am. And and I'm really good at 30 minute shows. You give a fool too much time, he's going to make himself look like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm just joking. Uh, I'm not a fool. <laughs> but I do like 30 minute shows. I, I like shorter shows, but I got so much to say that I, I'm just like want to scream. But I have to compact it, and you know. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go on Podomatic. Podomatic is gonna let me be able to produce more shows for uh, Facebook, and uh, we we'll go that route. And uh, and then for YouTube, I mean for YouTube, I'll be doing like from anywhere from five minutes to. They gave me two hours, so some shows might even be that long. But uh, I'm 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 looking for hosts to come on. I got Brother Marcus from Find Finder eighty eight. I think I'm saying that right. Uh so he's gonna join me. Uh along with um hopefully I can get Susan Puzio to come in sometime and do a show a couple of shows with me and that that would be that would be great, uh, if I can get her to to come on uh and be a co host. But um, anyway, uh, let's talk about the rapture of the church. How do I know that there's a rapture? Now, people can't stand preacher rapture people. I know, I know that for a fact because I'm preacher, and I'm preacher to the tilt because the Bible preaches preacher. And they say, I can't see it nowhere in the Bible. Maybe you're blind. Either one of us is blind. You blind or I'm blind. So let me get my walking stick. So if I'm blind, uh, I'll know it. Uh, I believe myself that the Bible teaches a preacher rapture. And um, let me see if I can find the verse, uh, one of the verses. The Bible says in First Thessalonians, so chapter one, or First Thessalonians chapter one, verse ten, we are to. Um, and it says, and we and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath that shall come. Now, when it's corporate, nations are nations are uh, judged in time. Individuals are judged out of time. Now, that's not necessarily true all the time because individuals are judged in time. So, for instance, uh, if you, I don't know if you can call this judgment, though. Um, it's mostly you, the chickens come home to roost. It's mostly corruption. You will reap corruption if you smoke this. Or if you sleep with this person, or if you if you if you um, do this action, you're gonna receive um, the reward given you. Now, the word reward is not necessarily uh, a word for, oh, I just found, you know, a missing dog, so I'm gonna get five thousand dollars from the owner. Um, the word. <laughs> Let me see. Um, reward. I want to see what the word reward means. Uh, Wikipedia. Let's see what it means. Um, 
reward, bounty, reward often money offered as an incentive. Now, uh, reward is, um, they got it as positive. But reward can be both good and bad. At least uh, that's what I heard. Uh, It says personality traits. I don't know where they get that from. Reward dependence. Uh, But I I thought that's what it meant. Is reward can be uh, good and bad. So you're going to receive your reward. Your reward can be your prison sentence. But the English in English we don't use it that way. Reward in English is reward. Is how much money you're gonna get for winning the state lottery or something like that, uh, or from for locating a missing baby or something. Um, but um, the Bible says it, that it says which delivered us, Jesus Himself, which delivered us. The key word is us from the wrath that shall come. Now, the wrath for individual is hell. Um, but wrath for individual also is uh, hell on earth. <laughs> uh, so when it says us, that's the key. Um, when it says he delivered us, it's the key. We are not, as the church, destined for wrath, a corporate wrath. That means together. So when it says he's delivered us from the wrath of the coming, that that it means that we are to be delivered together. Now, um, let's find another scripture. My best scripture is when he's talking to the church of Philadelphia. <clears throat> because he promised, he says, because thou hast kept, now this is Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, because thou hast kept the words of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the whole world to try them which dwell on the earth. Now think about this. Now they're on the earth. They're dwelling on the earth. So it says, he says, um, he says, keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world. So all the world. So that's the focus point. That's the that's the place where he's talking about all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. So if if he's going to keep us from it goes on with the last um, scripture we read that he should keep us us from the wrath that should come. Now, it's so funny how we as humans, as people, are through time not uh, kept away from trials and tribulations. We have hard times. People lose family members. People lose uh, kids. People get paralyzed. People have heart attacks. 
People have trials and tribulations. But uh, people say that during this worst time, he's going to preserve us from, so like we're special. So we're going to go through the tribulation period without a spot or blemish. And we're going to go through the tribulation period without a without a, a rock falling on us or a scorpion biting us or we're just going to get preserved. That doesn't make any sense. My best guess is we are snatched away. Therefore, we don't have to worry about so proposed tribbers have to worry about explaining how he's going to reserve us during what Jesus called the worst time in human history. And if he wouldn't intervene, no flesh will be saved. How do you say that he's going to preserve us through this, which is ridiculous? It's ridiculous, folks. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't make any sense. So he says he's going to keep us out of the time of testing that's coming upon the whole world. And if you notice, after chapter 3, the church is not mentioned anymore. So he says, I'll build my my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So what does this mean? Jesus said and uh the Gospel of John fourteen two. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'll go away to prepare a place for you, and if I do I will receive you come come back again and receive you unto myself. It says in um uh Luke twenty one and it's Jesus is the speaker and he's talking to his disciples. He's watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things which shall come to pass and to stand in front of the son of man. Now, when the person on Facebook was saying, well, he meant escape means to flee. Hey, if the shoe fits, wear it, flee, flee, snatch me out. That means to snatch out. Flee means to run from. With an attitude of repentance, you're going to run from it. You're going to get out of there. Flee it. You're going to flee it. You're going to be snatched out of here. That's the flee. You don't stay in a burning house because somebody tells you you're not a man. You get out the burning house because you are a man and you want to stay a man. You don't want to be a piece of fried chicken. So people want to stay in the tribulation period. So does the tribulation period come to those who are watching only? That's the question I've had for a while. Somebody out there know, please leave a post or whatever. If 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 if, if um if, is the requirement for the rapture to be watching for the rapture? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think some people are going to get snatched out of here. But but if you don't. If you don't realize that there's a football game, uh, you're probably going to um, not be prepared. So if you if you are if you are um, 
if you are a, uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of got my mind on something else. I'm kind of looking at some other things. But if you are uh, not prepared for a football game, you're going to get blew out. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm prepared. We're, our, our football team is prepared for the state playoffs, you know, high school football team. But if you're not prepared, you're going to get blew out like 50-something to nothing. I've seen it happen. The team gets so excited, and you feel so bad for the team after the game is over with because they got miserably beat. But they wasn't prepared. See, when the rapture of the church is pressed in front of your face, you're going to get prepared. You're going to take care of attitudes that shouldn't be around, like anger, um, jealousy, um, malice, strife. And trust me, the devil loves to get people in arguments. I know. Uh, Those attitudes that, that... that doesn't bring blessings. They bring <laughs> curses. I wouldn't say normal curses. They it just brings circumstances of when you're fussing with your spouse or you're fussing with your kids. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't stand fussing with anybody. Not that way. Um. But um. You know, I I, I I'm I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Um. If if there's no rapture, then I don't have any hope no more than anybody else have hope. If there is no rapture, then what do the pre-tribulation people have to, post-tribulation people, what do they, what makes them different from a sinner? Who, who the Bible never expressed that the church needed to go through the tribulation period. Jesus said on the cross that it was finished. What was finished? The work of the cross. So what they're saying is we need to be purified with, I, I thought it was the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, the Jewish people are still looking for a Messiah. They don't think Jesus is their Messiah. And after the book of Ezekiel 38 and 39, a lot of them will find out that, yeah, their Messiah came 2,000 years ago and his name was Jesus. But the church already knows that. So the church knows that what do you? Why do you think they need to go through the tribulation period for? I have no idea. Now, if you want to, if you if you think you're going to be sitting out here having church service down the street up in that new church building, you got a second thought coming. You're going to be forced underground. And if he said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it," well, why ain't the church preaching? Why doesn't it say in Revelations, and the people of God went out to preach the gospel? You know, no, it says 144,000 Jewish witnesses, two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, maybe uh, Moses and Enoch, one of those, and the two and the angel flying through the sky. That's it. That's the only ones preaching the gospel. He does not say the church, and the church went out forth to preach. And the valleys and the highways and the byways. He already said that. They already did that. The book of Acts. They already been doing it for 2,000 years. The age of grace is over. It ends with, it begins with Pentecost and it ends with the Feast of Trumpets. 
That's another thing I want to talk about. No one knows day and hour. That's true. No man knows the day and hour. I'm not going to even touch that one. But I am going to say this. Uh, the Jewish, old Jewish weddings were based off of uh, Rosh Hashanah, um, excuse me, based off of when Enoch, yeah, I must be sleepy because I'm just all over the place. Abraham sent Eliezer out to get uh, Isaac a son, uh, a wife. Uh, Isaac a son. Isaac a wife. Yeah, it's late. It's getting real late. Oh, my gosh. I, sometimes you don't realize you're that tired. and You're actually that tired because when you wake up about 11 o'clock, because I normally get up early in the morning, I wake up. When I wake up late, you know something. You know I was tired. I like waking up. I like getting away. I like getting up by myself, praying, reading my Bible, doing whatever I want to do, drink coffee, go out, work out, wherever. I like doing that. So if I get up early and beat everybody up, that's my solitude time. But um, Eliezer goes out and finds a wife for Isaac, and he goes and finds a wife, and then uh, Isaac comes back to uh, his home, says, Dad, I found a, a girl I would like to marry. He says, okay, and let me go over and talk to her father. So he goes over to the father's house, gives him a diary, which is a down payment for, you know, his, that's what they did back in them days. So Isaac goes back and he prepares a place for his wife. And in a certain time, the father says, "Go get your daughter. Go get your go go get go get my daughter-in-law. Go get your wife." And he goes back, snatches it out, and they go into the chambers for seven days. Now they also have a, a wedding feast. Also, now this is based off Rosh Hashanah, which is um, a day that is referred to the day that no one knows the the time period and no one knows the day and hour. Now, even if you had Rosh Hashanah, which is a two-day event, you still don't know the day and hour. And I, that's what I don't understand what people don't get. If Rosh Hashanah is a two-day event, and at the last trump, uh, or in that time period, there's a there's a full moon, and the two witnesses will come out, and they will say, there is a full moon, therefore it is now a new year. That is to, That is what they're trying to find out, the new year. Now, Rosh Hashanah is the coronation of the king. It is the marriage supper. It is the um, uh, it is the time where, uh, of course, the Jewish New Year. Uh, it is the time where um, judgment uh, comes, war comes, judgment comes on the on on what you know. Uh, in other words, it's 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 a time where, uh, and I forgot to come back to that um, scripture that I read first, uh, and I, and the scripture was talking about um, 2012, and I'm gonna get back to Rosh Hashanah in a minute. 2012 being uh, a time of a new beginning or a a, a paradigm shift. Um, 2012 is not the end of the world. It, it is actually a new age time of uh, a new shift, meaning a shift in enlightenment, meaning 
they are ready to bring about their new world order. So, when Jesus' disciples came to him and said, tell us, what will be the uh, time of your coming and the end of the age? He said, see, do it, and you're not uh, deceived that many should come in my name saying, I am Christ, and to deceive many. Now, it's funny that he came, he said that first. What is the Antichrist going to tell everybody? He says, he's going to say, you are Christ. You are small Christ. You are. You can have the power of divinity inside of you. Where are you? And if you listen, listen to a lot of the preachers out there, a few of the few of the preachers. Hopefully, it ain't a lot, but a few of the preachers, like a preacher that I had a while back, and I live in Spokane, Washington, and he told us uh, in a little small meeting we had an ushers meeting. I think I don't know what meeting it was. It was a Bible study, and uh, he was saying, "You do you know you can be God's." And I thought he meant that we belong to God. So I said, oh, God. And I had my head down. And he started explaining himself. And he started having to go to, you know, people were looking it up. And I was like, man, that doesn't make any sense. We can't be God. And he was saying that we can be gods. And a lot of the um, television ministries believe that also, that we are gods. Because it said in the book of Judge, it is we are, you know, it's written that we are gods. And even Jesus referred to that. But I don't think that's what it was saying. Um, we are made in the image of God, but we're not gods. Because uh, uh, I don't want you to be my God, and I don't want to be yours. And I don't think you want me to be yours. What did Charles Barkley say? I ain't your hero. I don't want to be your hero. <laughs> I don't want to be your God. <laughs> that's even worse. I'd rather be your hero than your God, especially if I, you know, got good manners at least. I don't, I don't want you to be my God, and neither do you want me to be yours. Um, heck, please don't be my God. You might mess stuff up, and I might mess your stuff up. But um, where are we in in time? Well, Rosh Hashanah is uh, a two-day event, which we got to remember, we got 24 time zones. I think it's 24 time zones. And Russia got eight of them. So right now it's daytime in India, because I got a couple of Facebook friends that are in India right now and all over the world. Uh, and I talk to them when they get up in the morning, they talk about some good morning. It's not good morning. Seven o'clock in the nighttime, talking about some good morning. I'm just joking. I say Good morning. Even though it's night here, good morning. And we talk a little bit and we get off. And I've been talking to a couple of guys for a while. Uh, very friendly. Um, very friendly people. But um, Rosh Hashanah is a two-day event. So you got 48 time zones. So the two witnesses can see the sliver of the moon at any time. Now, there is a series of blasts. It's also known as the time of the blast or the blasting of the trumpets. And then there's a series of trumpets blown. But when you get to um, Second, I think it's First Corinthians 15 or Second Corinthians 15, where it talks about uh, we should be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Now there's a series of trumpets that are blown uh, at at that time. And at the last trump, God says that we should be called up and we should be changed. So that means that at the last trump, which would be the last day uh, of that Rosh Hashanah New Year. Now, 
here's here's just a guess. This is just my opinion, y'all, and it, and it, it might not be even right. Uh, it's not a thirst says the Lord. I get tired of people saying, "Well, you're a false prophet." Now, if you add to revelations or take away from revelations, uh, you're going to receive the plagues. Now, could that be if you stick the church in or take them out? So, if you stick the church in and the church is supposed to be out, if you stick the church out and the church is supposed to be in, then you receive the plagues. Now, which one is it? Well, for me, I I take the church out. Do I mess with anything else? Well, there are people right now who believe that we are in the sixth seal or we are in the first trump or something like that. Look, folks, we're not in any of those. I got a book right here. Hold on. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to turn to it. I turned around for no reason because I'm not even going to turn to it. Um, it talks about the first seal has to be opened up by Jesus. It's, and John is crying. Who's going to open up the seal? He said, well, the, the Jesus is, the Lamb of God. And so he, He's the only one who can open up the deed. That's the deed to the earth, folks. Uh, some people say it's the deed to the earth, folks. Uh, but the seal... Um, the title deed to the earth, rather. But the seal, the first seal, has to be opened up by Jesus Christ. And he has to actually open up all of them. So if he, he has to open up the first seal, which the sixth, the seventh seal opens up the first trump. Then what do y'all think? How do you, how do people get the trump open for him? How do, how do, in other words, if, 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 if the seventh if the seven seals have to be opened up by Jesus and the seventh seal opens up the seven trumps, then somebody's opening it up for them. And the Bible says, if you add to my word or take away from my word. Now, is that what he means? Somebody help me out here. Leave a, leave a comment or something. And if you're on blog talk, leave a comment. If you're on Facebook, leave a comment. Cause I, I don't know that one. I mean, I, I need some help. Tell me if, 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 okay, let me rephrase the question. What do y'all think about, if y'all read it closely, there are seven, there's seven seals, seven trumps, and seven bowls. The seventh seal opens up the seven trumps, and the seventh trump opens up the seven bowls. So how in the heck somebody's going to tell you we're in the sixth seal or the seventh trump or whatever? When Jesus has got to open up all of them. So they just open it up for him. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I hope I ain't lose nobody. I'm just trying to figure that out for myself. How do, how do they get that magic or something? They, they took Jesus out of the picture. Just get out the way. I'm going to open them. Now, the revelation of Jesus Christ is just that, to reveal Jesus Christ. It ain't revelations. Or it ain't the saint book, saint, the book of St. Paul's. St. John Divine Revelation is not the book of anybody but Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, uh, when y'all want to do the job of the Messiah, want to do the job of the King of the Universe, want to do the job of your Lord and Savior, then you're stepping on his toes. So, make sure y'all rectify that if y'all out there, y'all believe y'all are supposed to open up the civil. People, hard-headed people, man. 
I'm hard-headed. I thought Juan Carlos was <laughs> Christ for so long. I also believe, I know somebody out there going to fuss at me about this one, but I also believe, I used to believe Europe was the only entity in the beast. But it's impossible to be just Europe. He says, well, what do you mean? It's impossible. How do you get just Europe? If you got if you got Daniel chapter 2, which has Babylon, Media Persia, Greece, old Roman Empire, and then a new Roman Empire, and then you got the same thing with the leopard, lion, and all that other stuff in Daniel chapter 7, and then Revelation chapter 13, and you still got Babylon in all of those three chapters, and you still got media Persia in all three of those chapters, and then you still got Greece in all three of those chapters, shouldn't those three be a part of the empire? And shouldn't the two legs and Daniel chapter 2, east and west, which represented both Europe, Africa, and the Middle East, shouldn't they be all a part of the revived Roman Empire, which is 10? Shouldn't the same, the two legs be divided into 10 since they belong to the feet? Y'all understand what I'm saying? How do you get, how do you get Europe, just Europe? I mean, you, we get stuck in our ways. Uh, so much now. That, now I see the argument of why people say that there is no rapture because they think we get stuck in our ways, which we do get stuck in our ways. But as I read the Bible, I, I I read it myself. I don't I don't need nobody to tell me. We got. Why do y'all think we're so stupid? You think people that believe in the rapture of the church is so doggone stupid that we can't read the Bible? Now I notice, I notice that the people who said that there is no rapture. Or that the rapture comes at the end of the tribulation use very little scripture. They use Matthew's chapter chapter twenty four, and, that, and that's basically it. Well, don't you see that God said that if the days were shut short, even the elect would not be. So the elect is there. The elect could be could be uh, Israel. It could be the saints that got saved during the tribulation period. It could be anybody. It could even be the people who did not take the mark. You say, well, they elect. Well, they still got a choice to go into the tribulation period. I mean, to go into the millennium. So they could be viewed as the, maybe they will say, okay, Jesus, we believe in you. As long as you don't take the mark, folks. But you still got to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not Billy Graham. There's a broadness, Robert Schuller. There's a broadness in, to go to heaven. There's a broadness. You can go to heaven even if you just put on 50 dresses all at the same time. And you just say, put on some lipstick and you're a man and say, I like being a man, woman. You know, you're going to go to heaven. You just don't have to be conscious of it. I like Billy Graham, but if Billy Graham was doing that, somebody should have told him you need to chill out, dude. You need, you, Dad, you need to sit down. You need to sit thou on the seat of, of your pants. Of. <laughs> so, 
I like Billy Graham though. I mean, he. I mean, I've seen some crusades. Matter of fact, there was a crusade when I was in Hawaii back in ninety between ninety seven and the year two thousand. And I kind of wish I would have went to a Billy Graham crusade. And I mean, I, he's older now, and I, that's why I think people should let him retire. But I think people need to sit down and talk to Billy Graham because when you get famous like that, people don't want to talk to you. Maybe because you're going to respond differently, but a lot of times people just don't want to talk to you. You know, people at church don't want to tell you your breath stink. People don't. Your breath be kicking and stuff. They don't tell you. They can help you out. Instead of laughing at you, tell you your breath stink. I mean, geez. I mean, people like that, man. I mean, they'd rather see you die. People people out there in the church world say, well, I might offend them if I tell them the gospel. I heard some people say, I went down to the street to talk to my neighbor. I ain't going to tell you who it is, but they were like, why would you go down there? You know, we were having trouble with our um, next-door neighbor, so, you know, and then our landlords were siding with the next-door neighbor until they found out later that the lady was trying to kill me and stuff like that. And then she turned off, she turned towards one of the managers, and she's still picking with the manager off and on to this day. And um, anyway... Uh, I went down and tell, talked to the neighbor about, you know, Jesus and stuff. And then this individual, I ain't going to tell you who it is, but the individual was like, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. Y'all know who it is. Come on now. It's my wife. <laughs> and I'm like, look, chick, I mean, I, I, when I used to work at Job Corps, I, I talked about talk to Jesus. I ain't supposed, you ain't supposed to talk to no kids. God shielded me. I swear, I, I kid y'all not, God shielded me from, from getting, you know, talked to. I only got talked to one time out of the whole time I was working at Job Corps. And I used to tell people about, tell them kids about Jesus. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have no shame in my game. Uh, and, and as, and as you lay, lay down my, as I look at my life and I, and I see my life, I notice that there, there's a pattern. Uh, I think the only time I didn't talk to, you know, I wasn't really saved at the time is a couple of years ago when I was at Qatar and I was working at the R&R. I wish I was at that time because, I, I, you know, you know, I wouldn't wait. And then I could have said, uh, yeah, you know, I, didn't, I don't waste no, you know, I didn't waste no, no time. But we all waste time. We all fiddle our thumbs. If we, But that's part of life. I mean, if you look at my life, and I laid my life down, and you lay your life down, you see a pattern. I don't care who you are, you're going to see some type of pattern, even if it's a sim- simple pattern or a difficult pattern. But you're going to see a pattern where God used the circumstances in your life to to have you end up in certain places where he used you for the gospel's sake. Um, anyway, getting back to that, I just want to mention this one more time before we go off, is that, I'm holding up this book, and, and, and let me see if I can turn it on the camera. On on well, anyway, yeah, on on live stream. I used to be just doing Justin TV, but I'm, I'm gonna have to pay for the package, the premium package, to get those ads off. Cause I man, they got some foul stuff on uh, uh, Justin TV. If you're not careful and you don't put in the right code words, somebody come to your channel gonna see some foul stuff. So you gonna have to repent for those. So I had to. Re- I I didn't have that happen to me, but uh, I've seen some uh, other channels that have some harsh stuff on there. Anyway, I'm gonna come back to this again because I think this is important. When you hear somebody say, "I think we're in the first seal," 
uh, the second, you know, the sixth seal, or I, I think we're in the fifth trump. Don't listen to them. Once again, John was asked, or John asked the angels, who can uh, open this seal? He, he was, you know, kind of weeping. And he said, well, don't worry about it. The Lamb God got it. He's going he gonna to open it up. And surely did Jesus open up the first seal. But in order to open up the first seal, uh, you have to have some clout, which the cross brought that clout. But in order to open up the seventh seal, which opens up the seven trumps, uh, you got to open up the first seal. So when somebody tell you we're we in the sixth trump, you know, don't listen to them. <laughs> so, come on, man. I mean, for real, I heard some crazy stuff, man. I mean, I hear some crazy stuff all the time. This one guy, Irvin Baxter, I like Irvin Baxter. He talks, you know, he talks kind of funny, but... He's always, every show he does, he says, there's going to be two, 2.5 billion people die off the face of the earth. You know, every, every show, every show, man, every show. I don't even think that many people are going to die the first half of the tribulation period. That's too many. That's a lot of people. You're going to have to cover that because if, if 1.5 billion go out in the rapture and 2.5 billion die, uh, so that's going to be $4 billion, wouldn't it? Oh, my math is bad. So $1.5 and then $2.5, that's $4. 4 billion people. So that only leaves 3 billion people left for the whole entire second half of the tribulation period. Are you serious? Maybe 1 billion people might die the first half of the tribulation period because don't, don't forget you're going to have sicknesses. You're going to have pestilence and famines and and all of that the first uh, half of the tribulation period. So that's the reason why uh, I believe a, may, a billion people die off. Now, I recommend y'all go see Contagion. Uh, that's a good mo- movie, but I, I, we got Netflix and we got a movie called, uh, there's a couple of movies on there called Apocalypse and, you know, Meteorite and stuff like that. But see, the first half in the tribulation period is going to be just as worse. And let me explain what I mean. The reason why I say first half of the tribulation period is going to be just as worse because the deception is bigger. And if you don't, if 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 the deception is greater, because uh, you're going to have all the all the TV preachers working with the Antichrist, so if the deception is bigger. So as you if you as you come to the middle of the tribulation period, if you're not awake. Or if you fall asleep, or if if you deceived, then when the Antichrist or the false prophets say "take my mark" or "die," uh, you are going to be in a dilemma because you, you're going to be blind and you're not going to know. But the Bible says that they love their life unto death. Who is they? Everybody that's in the tribulation period. So they love their life unto death. What does that mean? That means that they like to they like to party. They like to they like to uh, boogie oogie oogie. So they just can't boogie no more. 
And then for the people that's, that's in the old folks' home, they like to play bingo and boogie. And for the little kids that's going to be alive in the tribulation period, which is going to be very few, uh, but they're going to like to boogie-oogie on, on the playground. But um, what is the age of accountability? I've been I've been wondering about this, so I've been you know asking God, and I will continue to ask God. But I'm gonna give you my 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 part of what I think the age of accountability is, and you can tell me to look both ways before crossing. Um, and I only got six minutes left. I just noticed that. Darn it! Uh, what is the age of accountability? The age of accountability is. I'll be back after these messages. I'm gonna extend the show just for a little bit longer. I'll be back. October 30th, 1991, President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. All right, what is the age of accountability? I don't know. But I'm going to say this. After being around kids for so long, um, even my kids, and then working at Job Corps, and then being in the military, I can bet you 100%, and that's the person's, and that's the person uh, has brain trauma, they're not 18. So in other words, this supposed to take a rocket scientist to figure out that an 18-year-old, uh, especially today, is, is a lot of these guys are, uh, uh, well, well, actually, let me explain it this way. Gosh, I should explain it this way in the first place. Um, the age of accountability is definitely not 18. So... A person who's 18 is accountable for what they're doing. So definitely the uh, being under the age accountability is no way in the world 
a person. It's going to be a, most the majority of eighteen year olds is not saved. Is going to be walking around. I heard some preachers saying that the age of accountability is going to be as high as twenty seven. Well, heck, don't preach the gospel then. Have a vacation. I mean, are you serious? Unless the person has mental illness or some type of mental uh, uh, capacity that's lower than most people, the IQ is lower. Come on, man, be for real. Go out and preach the gospel. Switch out and make the age of accountability 27. Are you serious? That's when most people sign their life off to the devil and become singers. The 27-year-old club. You suppose Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix in heaven because they under the over the age of college? Don't preach the gospel then. Wait till they're 27. Just preach it at the old folks' home. I mean, I ain't trying to be funny, man, but I, I hear so many people. I mean, I hear so much stuff that, I mean, I shake my head. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I ain't the dumbest either. Um, 18 years old, man. I've met some 18-year-olds that can that, that think they're smarter than everybody in the world. Uh, and I and I, I used to be 18 year old, so I, I I know for a fact that the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and 18 year olds lack knowledge. So 18 year olds definitely over age accountability. 17 year olds, they de- they they it's gonna it's gonna be a few 17 year olds that that's that's probably uh, took it in the rapture. Yeah, right. No 17-year-olds, I, I guarantee you, most 17-year-olds is not safe. It's going to be walking around here after the rapture of the church. All right, 16-year-olds. Then you start getting a little bit more blurry territory. There's going to be a few 16-year-olds taken. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now for some reason, because that seems like a, a bridge that's crossed. I'm not talking about sweet 16 birthday parties and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that it seems like to me 16. And then 15-year-olds, there's going to be a few 15-year-olds took him. In other words, they're going to be 7-year-olds walking around here. I know people, some people are going to be dis- disagree with me, but there's going to be some 7-year-olds who practice sin. They say, well, they're over the age of accountability. They're under the age of accountability because... It has nothing to do with sin. Yes, it does. If you got a kid that's practicing sin and all they do is get in trouble and they know what the cross means, they over the edge of accountability. So you, there's going to be some people with 10-year-olds that's gone and there's some 7-year-olds going to be walking around here. I'll say that again. It's going to be some 7-year-olds that's still here and some 10-year-olds gone and vice versa. Um, the age of accountability to me, in my opinion, is not like, you know, I own the patent on what the age of accountability is, but I do believe that if you practice sin, no matter how old you are, unless you're like four or five or six, and you're, you know, if you practice it, if you get in trouble all the time, you're four or five and six, you probably, the kid's probably still over under the age of accountability. But if you like if you once you start getting to about and I'm gonna tell y'all why. Once you start getting to about like seven, eight, nine, and ten, and eleven, and so forth and so on, you start get the the older you get, the you start finding yourself when you're in the third grade. So third grade is around eight and nine, um, depending on when when your birthday falls on. So uh, you start finding yourself. There's bridges to be crossed at every age because when 
even at 40 years old, that's why they call it a midlife crisis. You, even at 40 years old, you start to find yourself and you find out what kind of loser you are in life. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Come on, man. I'm 43 years old, so um, it's called midlife crisis. I don't even know. I, I, I'm, I don't even care about midlife crisis. I don't even care about all that stuff. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't even care about the gray hairs I got. I have to shave almost every day because if I don't shave, there's going to be gray hairs. There's some guy, older guys that can that don't have to shave. They can just grow nice little black beards. I can't do that. I have to dye my mustache and all this other stuff. I do enjoy being bald head, though, because it saves me money. I just go ahead and get some cheap razors and call it quits. Actually, my haircuts cost a dollar and fifty cent on average because if you can get thirteen, fourteen, fifteen razors in one pack, it's normally even numbers. It's like maybe about ten, eight, ten. They come in increments, but tell somebody who cares, I guess, right? Um, so I I hope I didn't mix anybody up, but the the age of accountability comes um, if you're practicing sin, no matter what age you are. Um, if you don't understand the cross and you and and you're practicing sin and you don't understand the cross, you probably under the age of accountability. But it's not based on what you understand and what you think you understand. It's based off of what God knows that you could and you would and could understand. So it's based off God's foreknowledge. So God knows what a person understands. So God is not mocked. He understands what you understand. So he understands what kind of, he knows what, how much hair on your head. And he knows that each piece of your hair on your head is numbered. So he knows for a fact if a person understands the gospel or not, because he knows your faculties. He knows everything. He's omni, He's omnipotent. He knows everything about that's what omnipotent means. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omnipotent it means he knows everything. His knowledge is it, it, it expands everything. It, it's not limited to anything. So he knows he knows if a person, if a child can understand. He uh, he knows what a child could understand, even if his parents didn't even take him to, to church. So he knows that. So. But the best thing to do, folks, is raise your child as as they should go. Raise your child in the way of the cross. Raise your child in the way of Jesus Christ. Um, let uh, your child know about Jesus Christ. My my kid, matter of fact, she's upstairs right now crying for daddy. I was like, I I have to, I government have to finish the show. Uh, but she got mommy up there. She's good. I'll be up there in a minute. Uh, I love being a daddy, and you know I love my baby. Uh, they they they're special to me. And when the rapture happens, I wonder what my kid, how old my daughter's gonna be and my son's gonna be. Are they gonna be like eighteen years old, twenty one, thirty? Uh, we ain't had nothing to talk about. Unless they got the memory for it. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Now, my nine-year-old, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, and I'm working on my nine-year-old right now, folks. 
you know, I, I think I think it's the parents' fault when your kids go to school and they and they get in trouble. Yeah, it's the parents' fault, but how much is the, it's the parents' fault? You know, I ain't trying to take. I'm not trying to say it's 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 not our fault, but how much is the kids' fault? And when you're trying to preach the gospel, even if you're a pastor, I now I feel what the pastors mean. And I feel how, I now know how the pastors feel when they have a kid that's a runaway freight train. Now, the kid that I got, he's not my biological kid, but I'm still responsible for him. And uh, I, I admit uh, I was dumbfounded and I didn't I wish I would have went to God and, and just asked him for wisdom earlier on. Um but it, I, it didn't come that way because when I first got married to my wife, I wasn't safe. I was backslidden, if you want to call it. I was sliding like Dorothy Hamill. But um, a, as time went on, I started to say, you know what? I need Jesus because it was is a is a battle between either Jesus or uh, trying to get rich quick or trying to get rich slow, or whatever. And um, I choose God because. God brought me peace, but as a parent, as I as as I as I uh, started to mature as a parent, it was more like slow mo. Uh, it was more like cross country running more than speed the forty yard dash. Um, I was oblivious to even as a, a Christian, I was oblivious to. Uh, I was thinking that you know. My, the babysitter should be the television, and uh, shame on me, right? Well, now I, I'm coming in like stealth. You know, the stealth fighters when you, when they fly over cities and you can't see them on the radar. Well, I'm coming in like stealth and I'm changing things, and nobody knows. It's kind of like putting a frog in the water. You know, that's what that's how the globalists do us. That's how the Illuminati do us. They put us in the water and they slowly turn it on heat. Well, I'm doing the same thing to my my family. I'm so slowly changing things, and they don't even notice I'm doing it. Like I changed from um, uh, uh, we had Comcast cable, and, and then I changed it over to Direct TV. And Direct TV don't give you. I mean, they got you got you got you got all the movies, but it's harder to get to. And I don't know if God actually did that or not, but it's, the movies are harder to get to, and I and I'm starting to notice that. We have to watch what we watch, and not only watch what we watch, but watch what your kids watch. Um, and I try not to let them watch anything with strife in it, you know, arguing and 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 lying. I was watching Good Luck Charlie. You know, I let my kids watch uh, Disney. And there's a show called Good Luck Charlie, and one of the shows, uh, the two girls, one of the, you know, the the star of the show and her friend was like, well, we're going to lie. We're going to say, we're going to go ahead and say this. And then just glorifying lying as if it was something good. Not nothing good. Nothing good about lying because you have to, I used to be a progressive liar when I was younger. I, was, I don't guess it's funny, but I, I just can't help but laugh. But I used to believe my own lies. And I used to believe the lies that I believe that I believe that I believe, you know what I mean? I just got tangled up into so many lies. I have to lie about the lies that I've lied about. Uh, and it just gets crazy. 
Uh, now, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, when I lie, I feel like I slapped my mom. I mean, that's how bad <laughs> bad it is. When I lie, I feel like, you know, I feel like I could do the worst thing in the world. And I mean, just little things now when you when you got that, when you got Jesus living inside of you, when you do small things, uh, it, you know it because your peace goes. And when that peace goes, you, you, you try to rectify it before the night is over with. And remember, the Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. When you got the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're not going to let the sun go down on your anger or you won't be able to wait until tomorrow. I can't wait till tomorrow so I can apologize to this person because there's something just eating me up. It's eating me up. But anyway, let's talk about the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, now, um, when is Jesus coming back? <clears throat> now, the Bible did say that we know when he's at the door. And uh, I could have swore I heard a knock. I don't know about y'all, but I heard a knock. Uh, he's at the door, folks. Uh, I believe, this is what I believe, and it can be wrong as, uh, wrong as all our doors. Uh, uh, but um, I'm going to, I'm still going off the Bible, though. People, you know, I, I'm going off the Bible, but I'm I'm being conservative uh, with this, and uh, the conservatism I'm saying is that I believe that uh, Rosh Hashanah will play a big part in the coming of the Lord. Now I believe that uh, a war will be coming. Not only the Psalms 83 war or the Isaiah 17 event, but I believe that the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war will be on a Jewish holiday. And the Jewish holiday I'm looking at is Rosh Hashanah. So I call the I call it the War of Rosh Hashanah. The same war that they call the War of Gog and Magog, I call it the War of Rosh Hashanah. Um, and no matter what year it is, so if it's 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, it's the fall of the year will be the time where Jesus comes back for his church or comes back to um, for his second coming. Um, the first four feasts, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, First Fruit, and Passover, Jesus fulfilled at his first coming. And the second set of feasts, Trumpets, Sukkot, and Yom Kippur, which is not in the orders that I said it was. I kind of butchered the order. But it will come at Jesus' second coming. Now, Jesus has been gone for 2,000 years but he's still alive sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now, why do I say he's going to, why do I say that Ezekiel 38 and 39 is going to happen? Now, first of all, let me back up and say that I believe that all the wars 
that are going to happen prior to the tribulation period beginning, which is Psalms 83, which is a war, uh, but it's still a poem. It's still a it's still sort of a poem, poetry. But uh, Isaiah 17, which is an event, but at the end of Isaiah 17, the, the armies rush in like a rushing wind, which I believe it is tied to either Psalms 83 or Ezekiel 38 and 39. And then Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is a confederation of nations, that are Islamic. So the Psalms 83 is Arabian nations which border Israel, and Ezekiel 38 39 are nations that are Islamic that will come down. Now, I do believe that Israel would defeat all all but the Ezekiel 38 and 39, uh, which God would defeat is Russia and its confederation. So, why do I say that Ezekiel 38 and 39 will come on a Jewish holiday? It's just my 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 opinion. Um, I believe the reason now, if when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, you realize that they're not they're they're not dwelling peace and safely, they're just dwelling safely and are at rest. Now, if you just kick somebody's tail, which is in Psalms 83, which is a bordering nations of uh, Egypt and, and Libya, uh, actually Egypt, Lebanon, um, Syria, when you just kick their tails and you send them away like a dog running, arr, 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 you're going to be cocky. You're going to feel at rest. And maybe they wouldn't thinking that Russia was going to come down. They maybe they just wouldn't thinking that was going to happen, but it, it did happen. Now, to be dwelling safely and peacefully without bars or gates. Now, people act like uh, Israel is about the size of the United States, which it's not. Israel is the size of Rhode Island, so to tear down walls and gates. In Israel, will not it would be a piece of cake. But what if it didn't mean that? For what if what if it meant this? Like for instance, the Berlin Wall. If you watch ABC News during the Berlin Wall fall, they did it live. So they took one brick out and said, "Congratulations, the Berlin Wall has just fell. We are we are in history." Well, why did they say that when it's just one brick? A couple bricks just fell. Because in formality, the brick it was happening, but don't think for a na- for a, for a nation the size of Rhode Island is is it take them take them like a week just to tear that wall. I mean, come on now, are you serious? You you really think it's going to take them a year to tear down those walls? It'd take them like a week, a less than a week, to clear that whole thing out. Especially if they got enough tractors. I mean, that's no problem. So when some people say, well, it, well they first have to, first have to do well, I think it's a couple more years down the line because <clears throat> stupid stuff. Um, I think it's a couple of years down the line because they have to, they too many walls and gates. They have to have the walls and gates fall down. No, you don't. You just they, just give them a week. They tear all them walls down for it. Now, if it's a state of size of Texas, then, yeah. Give them a while, because Texas is huge. Texas is huge. So, 
Ezekiel 38 and 39 could happen on a Jewish holiday, which I'm betting Rosh Hashanah. And the reason why I say this is because if you look at Lot, his pe- the people went out of the city and then the, the, the rocks started falling. Also, on uh, the days of Noah, when they went into the ark, shut the door, the rain started falling. So I'm believing that one something's going to happen where people are going to be paying attention to the, this event and the rapture of the church is going to take place. Now, on television, uh, people in the, in the West are going to be able to see these things happening. But people are still going to be carrying on daily lives. It's not like neutron bombs are going to come get us right away. Uh, they, I do believe that when God says, I should send fire upon the coastlands, I do believe that the neutron bombs are in, are in sight in coming this way. And and people are going to be worried, but I do believe that simultaneously, and I know this doesn't make any sense, but when he says I should send fire upon the coastlands, I think there are going to be some hits. <sighs> Unfortunately. Uh, New York City, Florida, North Carolina, Maine, Massachusetts, somewhere is going to be a hit. Washington, D.C. But uh, don't always think it's a, it's it's who they say it is. It's called a false flag. That means you have an inside job or inside government um set up a terrorist attack and then say it was somebody else like 9-11 so you go research that for yourself just go do the research on YouTube search search up Tower 7 and uh, Tower 7 is going to show you the building and the building's never hit and, then, and, and also say owner put in the search engine for YouTube owner of World Trade Center uh his last name is Silverspoon. I forgot his first name. Um, Jerry Silver, something like that. Jerry Silverspoon. But anyway, uh, I might be saying that wrong. But owner put put World Trade Center owner, and he's going to say he decided to pull it, pull Tower Seven. So if he decided to pull Tower Seven, what the heck happened to the other two towers? Now the World Trade Center was a complex. It wasn't just the two buildings. He took out an insurance policy. Now the same fishy stuff is going on at the Olympics, but I, I, I'm, 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 I will be, be, I will be really not surprised if nothing happens at the Olympics because they playing little mind games with us right about now. I, I would be surprised, and I would be surprised if if something happens, and I'll be surprised if nothing happens. But don't fall for the Y2K. Y2K got us good. The sky is falling. The sky is falling when the sky never fell. <laughs> now, do I believe? In my heart, I believe something's going to happen in, at the Olympics, but in, in in other places, I just don't believe it's it's going to happen that way. But what what I really think, 
I think it's gonna something's gonna happen at the Olympics. But but I, I wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens at the Olympics. You can tell I'm sleepy because I keep saying the same thing over and over. I'm trying to convince myself that I, I'm actually making any sense. Um, so this is the latest I've ever done a show, and when it overlaps like this, I get kind of worried of am I going to do be able to do a show today. <laughs> which is supposed to be tomorrow, what I was going to say tomorrow, but Saturday. I hope I can do a show. I think I can, because I never overlapped into another day. I've been doing this for almost three years. Um, but uh, if y'all, if y'all, uh, if y'all think about it, uh, the most important thing is to give the gospel to your family. And, um, uh, if you can uh, give the gospel to your family uh, clearly, they're going to be the ones that poke your eyeballs out. Go try to do it in the streets. You're going to get more opposition to do to tell to tell the gospel to your family than you will somebody out in the street. Now, don't be afraid to offend someone. Now, if you tell somebody you got a big head, then we got problems. But you do it in love. So you tell somebody in love the gospel. Now, remember, the in love can be kind of vicious, too. You know, when the mom says, you better do this, you ain't going to be, you better go to college because you're, you know, you fussing at your parent kids and, you know, you, you want them to do the right thing. That's love still. God loved us, but God loves us enough not to leave us the way we are. Ask God to show you who to talk to. When I go out, I say, God, lead me who I should talk to. Who? Go get some tracks. It makes it easy. A door opening. What's this? Oh, that's a track. And then you open it up. I like the one in Hawaii. It says, how do you get to hell? Do absolutely nothing. You know, you open it up, do absolutely nothing. People think you got to go rob banks or sell drugs to go to hell. Or sell somebody into prostitution. Uh, uh, throw the cat in the microwave. You go to hell by doing absolutely nothing. Good people go to hell. You know the saying, the good people die young? Well, the good people can go to hell. And I'm sorry to say that. I met some nice people too, man. That's sad. That's why it's important to y'all coworkers. You go talk to your coworkers because you never know that's the last time you're going to see them. You go to family in. I mean, it's still time. It's summertime. You know, talk to somebody about Jesus. You never know when you're going to find out Aunt Hen Uncle Henry died. Y'all sitting there for three or four hours shooting the breeze and ain't saying nothing about God. You know where Aunt Henry is? Well, you can change his destiny. I know that. Look, man, if you make enemies for the cross sake, blessed are you. That's my quote. 
but the Bible does say, "Blessed is the one who soul winner." It's, it's, uh, hey, as bad as my feet look, the Bible gives me credit for having some beautiful feet. I think the best thing you can do in life, if you look at life, is to give the gospel. What you do for Christ will last. What you do for this earth and for yourself and even for your family, which is okay, but it may not last. If you're rich and all you, if you're mediocre and you start off mediocre and, and, and what you want to do is go to college and make a better life for your family, that's fine and dandy. But nothing from that is going to live for eternity unless you give that kid the gospel or you, you, uh, have, you know, you make little yous who goes out and preach the gospel and they turn out to do the same thing you do. And they go preach the gospel because the soul is important. We're made in God's image. We are important to God. He knows the very hair on our head. He died on the cross for us, mankind. He didn't die for any other species. We're the only ones to say, forgive me, Lord. And we be forgiven. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, ask him to come in to your heart. I would say invite him in, but that doesn't sound right because God is the one calling us. But he's calling you. And if you say, I'm not clean enough, let me go ahead and get go back somewhere else and get ready. You know, let me go and, and get better or, you know, do better first before I come to God. That's not going to work, folks. God is the only one who can clean you up. God is the only one who can restore you. Jesus is the only one that can restore you back to the Father. He's done that on the cross. Jesus is here not only to save you, but to save you from the sins that have you entangled. Jesus can set you free from pornography. He can set you free from alcoholism. He can set you free from anger. He's done that for me. He can do it for you. I've said a lot tonight. I'm, I said I wasn't going to do no two-hour shows that often, but I, I, I did it. And I hope people are out there listening that you know that Jesus loves us. But he loves you enough not to keep you the way you are. So Jesus is coming back soon. My my best guess is 24 months is a long time. I believe he's coming back real soon. Like very soon. Like I'm almost scared to say it. But, yeah, I think he's coming back real soon. 2012 is going to mean something, folks. Listen for the trumpet sounds, because by September, we're going to know something. So get your bags packed. Get ready like Esther did. Esther was presented to the to the king as the new queen. They prepared her. They got her ready. 
and the end times is here. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful night.